Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things Considered CX. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues. Subscribe to our show, follow me on LinkedIn, and visit my website at InnovativeCX.com for more insights on creating better experiences. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources. Hello and welcome to another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast. I'm your host, Bob Asman. I'm really pleased with my guest today. He is uh, a leader um, in our industry, and I'm really excited to have him talk about a lot of things that he's doing to advance the profession um, academically for sure, but practically as well. So, uh, Tom DeWitt, welcome, and uh, please introduce yourself to our oh, listeners. Thanks. Thank you. Um, I'm Tom DeWitt. I'm the director of CXM at MSU, an entity designed to advance the field of customer experience management uh, globally. And I'm also the academic program director for North America's first master's degree, actually first degree at all in customer experience management, which is launching um, the first week in September. That is fantastic. And we're going to talk about that. And, and also, I just want to state um, that Six of M Radio and Six of M are sponsors of this podcast, and and really helped me get started in the podcasting environment with an invitation from Tom to join the other podcasters on this network. So um, we really appreciate that. Tom, our listeners love to know about career journeys and how you ended up doing what you're doing, and uh, certainly your close association with customer experience. Uh, how did this all come about? What's your, what's your career journey? That's a long one. Started actually when I was 14 years old. Um, well, I'm I was, glad you didn't start when you, oh, I was one yeah. year old. I'm glad we're well, starting I, at 14. <laughs> when I popped out of the womb. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> you know, it was when I was working. Um, my first job was as a busboy and dishwasher. And it was my first experience interacting with customers. And I was quickly um, I don't know how wise it was in management. They promoted me to grill cook. And this restaurant, the grill was actually the first point of contact for the customer when they then when they came in the restaurant. Um, so they would talk to the grill cook and, and place their burger order. And it was a, you know, really it was the first time I realized that I could I could help people to have a better day. You know, I could put a smile on their face just by doing what I was doing. And that really launched my career in hospitality management, um, where on a daily basis, I, uh, I was creating experiences and, and I could, um, you know, I, there was a lot of um, a sense of accomplishment every day out of making them happy. Um, and then, you know, during my MBA program, I, I learned about consumer psychology and and services marketing and service quality. I was always curious about the, the dynamic between frontline employees and the customer, you know, on both sides, you know, what motivates people to, to serve and some to be more customer centric than others. And conversely, how do consumers evaluate experiences? You know, how is loyalty created? 
And my MBA and, and exposure to research and consumer decision-making and, and evaluation and, um, and services marketing, and particularly service quality and the service um, the gaps model, it, the, it was those frameworks that started to answer some of my questions and really began to launch my career into customer experience management. So I went on to get a PhD in services marketing, which is probably the closest academic um, program to customer experience management. Um, and then during my academic career, I also had a, a consulting practice, small consulting practice to help businesses where I put together my own framework based on, you know, what I learned in, in, um, in my studies, but also um, the, the, what I felt was practical and necessary. You know, frankly, what I felt was common sense about delivering an effective uh, or delivering a positive customer experience. Um, and then it really all came to everything came to fruition when I came to Michigan State. So I was in Hawaii for 11 years, um, contemplating my retirement and my legacy. And it didn't look really good, you know, um, <laughs> not not what I wanted it to be. I, I wasn't being supported by the leadership there and and my endeavors to work with industry and students. And um, when I started my job search online in a, in a portal for marketing academics, lo and behold, on the first page was um, a position in the marketing department at Michigan State University, which is where I started my academic career when I was just a young man. I graduated um, from Michigan State in the mid 80s. Um, and it was just, you know, it was kismet. It was meant to be. And during the interview process, they asked me if I was interested in working in customer experience management. And I go, oh, boy, you have no idea. Um, so within a month of joining MSU, um, there wasn't much being done. And I asked my department chair if I could just lead it up. Let me let me lead it. And and I I, I said, give me a week to put together a plan. And um, I came in with a one year, a three year and a five year plan. Um, all of which we've achieved, by the way, in less than five years. I can't remember if the master's degree was on that list, but um, um, that's kind of where, you know, that was four, four years ago. And since then, we've uh, run um, um, multiple conferences, including those online during COVID. And, uh, and now we're launching the master's degree. So long story short, that's it. That's how I got here. That's amazing uh, accomplishment, Tom, in just the four years that you're talking oh, about. Thanks. Well, uh, I'm running out of time. <laughs> you know, you and I may have had this conversation before. I tell my students, too, I say, you know, you're just entering your second quartile. I'm entering my fourth. And uh, there's no guarantee I'm going to hit 80, you know. Um, so I think about life as kind of this bell curve. And, you know, I'm very cognizant of the fact that I'm in the I'm in the, you know, entering the winter in my life. Um, and I, there's a sense of urgency, right? You know, never put off till tomorrow what you can get done today. And, you know, one thing that I've always felt, whether it's my students or my customer, is they need me now, you know, mm -hmm. they, they don't, uh, academia often is fraught with committees and things taken forever. And I just don't, I don't have any patience for that. So. 
You know, one of the fascinating things about your career journey, Tom, that I hear quite often, and that's why I always ask this question, is there was some trigger, and usually it was in the early years, you know, teens and maybe early 20s, or there was a family connection that they were in the restaurant business or the service business. And and you had a similar experience early on where that kind of triggered a, a passion in you about this subject. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, it was food and people. I actually went to culinary school um, out of high school, got my degree there before I came to Michigan State and got my hospitality degree. But, you know, the idea that you could do something with your hands and you could be creative and, you know, and you could watch people experience what you've created. You know, I was really fortunate. Um one of my jobs was as general manager of food services for the corporate headquarters for Express, the fashion retailer. And, and I was um, got to work for Dick Lewis, the EVP of HR. And he'd give me a, a huge budget for parties and say, have at it, you know, um, do whatever you want. I trust you. And oh my gosh, the parties I threw, the themes and whether it was the 1960s or Mardi Gras or and, um, you know, that it's that creativity and making people happy and being able to surprise them um, and make them and their families happy. That was so gratifying. That's the word I was looking for early, early, you know, people that, you know, research has shown is people want to work for customer centric customer companies they, and they want to know how they're doing. And, you know, they want to feel good about what, what, what they do. And, so for me, that's kind of been my career. It's it's been a it's been a life of service. And you know, you uh, thanks again for congratulating me on the accomplishments. But you know, I think I go through life and I see gaps, I see holes everywhere, I see needs, and I've always been of the mind if I can do something to fill those holes and serve a need that's not being served, I'm going to do it, and often to my own detriment. You know, and that's why I had to leave Hawaii. Um, I was being marginalized there. And, you know, I was told I couldn't do things anymore. And it, it, you know, it didn't put me in a good state of mind. Unfortunately, at MSU, nobody's ever said no to me, which is very unusual, particularly in academia. I haven't got my hand slapped once. Um, everything I've done has been greenlit, um, including the master's degree. So when we had our first conference in the spring of 2019, I stood on a stage and I told the audience that we were going to create a master's degree and, and people actually gasped. Um, they were so shocked that it was being done, but you know, the idea of the degree came from networking on LinkedIn and noticing people came from such divergent backgrounds um, in leadership positions. And they always spoke of how CX was fragmented, both in terms of the skill sets and the operation, you know, not many people have a comprehensive CX um, skill set or toolkit, and also how organizations viewed CX. So it was just my effort to, you know, in, in addition to the conferences, to help address that, to create a framework and really legitimize the field. Um, as much as the degree helps people to develop skills, I think it validates leadership roles, right? You know, um, so many people in the C-suite, they have MBAs. Now they're going to have an MSCXM. You know, it's frankly going to be the ultimate credential um, for 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 chief customer offers and CXOs. And, and I'm really proud of that. I really am. 
You should. So that's a great segue, Tom. Tell us more about that master's degree and and um, some of the activities going on with it. Yeah, I think absolutely. our listeners would be really interested in that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, first and foremost, it, it's very customer-centric. It's an online program. Um, it's 15 five-week courses. So think of them as like workshops that mm-hmm. are taken one after the other over 20 months. And they build on each other. So when we put together the courses, it was based on a framework and an understanding of the skills necessary to effectively create and manage a customer experience management function within an organization. So what you see in the curriculum across those 15 courses, in addition to the courses you would expect, you know, human-centered design, um, experience design, qualitative and quantitative research. There are courses on on what it means to be a customer-centric organization and Mm -hmm. organizational change, employee engagement, employee experience. Um, So, you know, it's it's designed to be practical and address all the needs that, um, that, that someone would need. And the courses are grouped according to five primary competent sets of competencies, including that customer-centered organization, centric organization piece, um, understanding the customer and employee, experience design, um, employee experience engagement, and then lastly, data analytics and continuous improvement. Uh, So those are the same themes and competencies that are reflected in our conference program. They're even color-coded, so it makes it easy for for us to organize the conference and for people to find the the sessions that that they want to go to. Um, The course is uh, students meet every two weeks uh, throughout the semester um, for a synchronous class session with their classmates. We employ team-based learning across the degree. And for those of you who aren't familiar with team-based learning, it's based on the philosophy that the instructor is there to facilitate the learning process, not to be the primary source of knowledge. So I'm really there, you know, it's about activity creation. It's about time management. It's about exposing students to as many different sources of knowledge, including their fellow classmates, as I possibly can. It's with a belief that other students in many instances can be do a better job explaining things to, to other students than the instructor can. And the beauty of having a program designed for working professionals is the students who are also teachers come from an incredible um, variety of backgrounds. You know, we have people from healthcare, from financial services, um, um, from consulting and ranging from no CX experience all the way. We have two senior vice presidents in our initial cohort. Um, The courses are very um, applied and often case-based, but also project-based. So we work in partnership with industry. We have over 40 organizations that are a member of a corporate collaborative. um, and they provide case studies, they provide projects. Um, so it's a great opportunity for the instructors and the students to, to be kept up to date and to engage people in real world 
situations. So hopefully that answers you know your questions. Um, it does, uh, Tom, and I love the way you've structured it, and and so glad to hear of a successful first engagement with students and and kicking off here shortly. That that just sounds fantastic for the profession and for CX professionals everywhere to have this kind of degree uh, available to them. I, I, I trust many will take advantage of it well, for sure. Yeah, and the th- one thing I forgot to mention is there are three intakes every year. So mm. we have 20, 22 students. We actually had three people approach us in the last week that wanted to join the fall cohort. But of course, with classes beginning next week, we didn't have enough time to process them. But then the nice thing is we could simply say, hey, you can start in January. Um, so we, we've already admitted students for January and at, um, for next summer in May. So you can join any time during the year. It is a cohort-based program. So you'll take three courses every semester, one after the other. And, you, you know, you just go along with the group. It's kind of like, uh, you know, inner tubing down a river. Um, you know, and uh, I think, you know, the thing that's going to be really cool are the group dynamics. Oh, definitely. Uh, the way these people, you know, it was interesting. We had an orientation and they already, during the orientation, they wanted to set up a way to communicate with each other via Teams um, or WhatsApp. They want to stay in touch and be able to support each other through the program. So I'm anticipating the alumni group is going to be tremendous. Um, we've got a conference coming up and we're expecting the student, a lot of the students to be there for the conference and um, and, and faculty will be there too. So it's going to be a great community, um, this group. It sounds that. like it. And, and to your point about the team-based learning environment is having students who uh, have experience and are from different uh, industries, markets, et cetera, really adds a, a great dynamic and a synergy to the, to the cohort. Oh, I, I, absolutely. You know, and I always knew that, you know, when you think about those 15 courses, I always knew, you know, we're going to have people in the cohort that are probably as skilled or more skilled than the instructors in say one or two or maybe even three courses, you know, because they, their skills tend to be in a certain area. So now you start thinking, they'll still learn things in those courses, but start thinking about, you know, their role now on the team. So every five weeks, unless there's a team-based project that overlaps two courses, they'll rotate into a new team. Um, so these these students have already met in orientation. They met their team members, and, and they even came up with a collective identity for the group based on personas they created and came up with an animal that represents the, the team. So, you know, they've already started to come together and, and identify as one. And then they'll have that opportunity every five weeks. So I'm not a math major, but I, you know, I can't help to think with 22 students that over 15 courses that probably have the opportunity to work with everyone at least a couple times or three times. So it, yeah, the dynamics are going to be really, really amazing. So it's exciting, very exciting. It definitely is. Um, so, Tom, you, amongst your regular teaching load, your master's teaching load, you're also putting together a conference in October. Let's share with our listeners yeah, what that's absolutely. all about <laughs> in yeah, your spare so, time, right? Yeah, in my spare time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this all started with community building. That was the first thing. 
Um, I wanted to bring all the CX professionals, prim primarily from the state of Michigan, together at, to, to Michigan State at our conference center. And this was spring 2019 with a goal of twice a year, bringing them together for a one week or one day program. And we did that twice um, before COVID. And then we moved the program online and it was essentially a half day online program, virtual. Um, it was completely free. And we did that three times during COVID. Um, the last event, we had nearly 400 people attend from 27 different countries. Um, but it's time to come back. You know, it's time to come back together. And now the community is bigger that, you know, we've created with a conference. Um, we used to call it the CXM Best Practices Symposium. Now it's CXM 360 that reflects the wide range of topics. And, you know, again, it mirrors the, the, the academic program and the, and the core competencies. It's going to be a, a two-day program um, that features both presentations, hands-on workshops. So the presentation sessions will be 45 minutes, including um, a Q&A, live Q&A, and the, the hands-on workshops where students can work in teams um, and be able to reflect on their organization and, and apply new things they've learned will be an hour, hour and a half. Um, there will also be opportunities over meals and tours. We're actually going to have a presentation on the first night of the conference or after the cocktail reception from Culinary Services at Michigan State. It's a number one rated um, uh, dining services, university dining services operation in the United States. And you know, um, over the last decade, they made a fundamental shift in how they, they view university dining services by, by calling themselves culinary services, hiring um, professional chefs, and designing their dining facilities in a way that very reminiscent of casual, you know, upscale casual dining, um, but with a really a focus on fresh, um, fresh and great tasting food. And I'm, I'm a huge fan. I dine there twice a day right now. Um, and, 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 and I really enjoy it, but they've got a tremendous story and they're going to be taking us on a tour of um, one of their facilities that used to be um, the the largest non-military dining facility in the world, um, which is right across from the conference hotel. And then uh, Lou Carbone, um, who's famed for Clued In and his experience clues, is going to lead the group on a, on a clue scanning exercise in the facility. And people are going to work in, in teams there to complete that. And we'll probably come back to the conference hotel for some more cocktails, I would imagine, after that. But it's going to be fun, you know, I mean, after three years, um, bringing people together and the beauty of a two day program is it makes it worthwhile for people from out of state to come up, you know, rather than just a one day program. So um, including yourself, we have uh, facilitators and speakers coming from all over the country and also um, attendees from from all over the country as well. Um, the program also is featuring uh Award winners from the CX of M Industry Best Practice Awards will be having an awards dinner the, the night before. And organizations like Gongas, um, Barton Malo, um, Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan, um, and Delta Airlines are all finalists. They're all companies that have operations in Michigan. 
Um, so I'm expecting, you know, they're going to be presenting at the conference and they'll, they'll also be um, the, the um, award winners will be announced the night before on the 25th. So it's going to be a great program. Um, lots of opportunities for people to engage, see each other in person and, and, and learn. Sounds sounds fantastic, Tom. Um, and it's going to be reasonably priced. Um, um, you know, we're not looking to make any money. You know, when you're setting price, it's always hard because it's based on demand. You have fixed and variable costs. Um, but the two-day program is going to be less than $400, um, which is a bargain. It includes all your meals from breakfast to dinner, both lunches, um, breaks and everything and all those sessions. And, and also... Um, Tables of seven, and uh, historically, um, companies have come in mass. Um, tables of seven um, for less than twenty five hundred dollars. So, um, we want to keep it reasonable so anybody and everybody can attend. Sounds fantastic, and I'm sure our listeners, uh, after listening to that, will be sure and check it out because it is a great conference and uh, very well organized and put together. So, so Tom, I have, uh, I love talking to you about this. I, I want you to put your philosopher's hat on, your future fortune teller's hat on now. And from your perspective, where are we at? What is the state of customer experience as you see it? I, you know, I still think it's fragmented. Um, I think the industry is trying to find itself, define itself, um, And, and, and still become a viable function within organizations and be successful. You know, the reality is while the majority of organizations globally want to make customer experience a strategic imperative, they're not adequately prepared to do it. With, you know, studies showing that fewer than 25% of CX initiatives are successful, um, it, it indicates a not just a significant skills gap, but also a gap in how organizations view CX. You know, we still live in a world where when you say marketing, people think advertising. That's so old fashioned, you know? I mean, I when I first started in academia, word of mouth literally meant word of mouth, you know? And we had an understanding of how that influenced decision-making. But it was still a world that was dominated by advertising as a means of creating awareness and, and influencing people and making decisions. That's, you know, with the digital, the growth of the Internet and the digital world. And um, that's completely flipped because today's consumer doesn't rely on advertising to make decisions. They rely on the opinions of others through reviews and social media and, and, and whatnot. So more than ever, the customer experience and the, you know, the result of customer, uh, the customer experience, like customer, not just customer advocates, customer terrorists um, <laughs> is, is more important than ever. And I think, you know, part, we still live in a world where organizations are numbers driven, they're revenue driven, they're sales driven. And I think they view advertising and promotions as a driver of that rather than effectively managing the customer experience and, and what people are saying about it. So I think we're at a crossroads, quite honestly. And I think, you know, CXM at MSU and the master's degree are in a position 
to create a framework for organizations to operate effectively um, in managing CX um, and really to help legitimize the field. But I, I'm, I'm afraid, you know, that's where we are. You know, fortunately, you know, I, you know, I used to ask my, I guess I still do. I asked my man, marketing management class, graduating marketing students, um, when they, when they think of marketing, what words come to mind? I'm happy to say that my students here at MSU, they seem to get it. You know, they talk about value creation and rarely now does advertising come up. But five years ago, when I asked that question in Hawaii, it was always about advertising. So I think, you know, that's kind of where we are. You know, I've always believed marketing is providing solutions to people's problems. And if that's not customer experience management, what is it, right? right. So. I think that's where we are, you know, and, and and frankly, I think we're in a position at Michigan State where maybe with this degree, we can put the flag in the, you know, in the sand or whatever, on the turf to kind of say, hey, we're redefining how um, academia views marketing and what it is. I, that's my hope, um, but it's going to take a while. You know, I've already had people ask me when we're going to offer a PhD in Seattle. <laughs> You know, that sounds really easy, but the reality is you need to have enough people doing research. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, what I learned um, when I got my PhD, you don't go there to learn to teach. You go there to learn to research. Um, mm-hmm. And you've got to have a pool of research um, results to go through. And that's growing. Um, but, you know, that's why our master's degree really, it features primarily instructors from industry, you know, who are on the cutting edge of practice. And less so on academics. You know, there's a place for theory. You know, I experienced that firsthand with my own MBA. You know, I, I you have to have that. And the thing that people don't understand about theory is it's been proven through research. Um, there's data to back up, you know, relationships. Like what is a process um, by which satisfaction um, occurs? You know, is uh, satisfaction judgments are made or, or, or trust? And what's the relationship between um, satisfaction and emotions and trust and loyalty, which comes first. And, and so I think those are all fundamental, but at the same time, you have to have the practical skills too, right? But that, that's honestly where I think we are. You know, um, you see a field dominated by speakers and consultants and certificate programs, and that's all fine. There's a role for everybody. But, you know, frankly, I think having an academic degree it does help to create that framework and it does help to legitimize the, the field. So um, we're in a good place. We're in a really good place. And, you know, I think we're creating a community between the degree program and the, and the, and the conferences where um, a lot of thought leadership can occur. I, I agree a hundred percent, Tom. Uh, um, I went to get my MBA fairly late in life and when I was, when people asked me, like, well, what good is an MBA going to do you? And about halfway through my program, I, I came to the realization that it was giving me the framework I never had. I could do all these things, right? Yep. But, but I didn't have the framework to fit them all together. And uh, that, that I, I think you just nailed it when you said it, it oh, provides yeah. the framework. Yeah. Yep. And what steps, you know, what's the sequence of things and and that's how our, you know, frankly, that's how our curriculum's laid out. It's it's really, it's laid out chronologically. 
So we've even been approached by people that say, hey, can I just take a few classes, pick or choose? And no, that's not how it works. You know, right. This program is, and this is no certificate. You know, we've had people waive the admission criteria and everything. It's, this is a master's degree. This is not a certificate program. You know, you get this, you can go on and get your PhD. One, In fact, one of the students enrolled in the program, or more than one, two have already indicated they want to go on and get their PhD. They'll likely have to per- pursue it in services marketing or maybe focus in an area like organizational change or leadership or something like that, or even design. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, I had these epiphanies when I did my MBA because it helped me to understand the why, you know. And I'm like, oh, guy, that, that's why these things were happening. You know, I learned about things like job burnout and emotional contagion. And it's like, oh, my goodness, you know, it's all being explained. So exactly. Um, yep. Tom, this has been a fantastic conversation. I can't believe how fast our time has gone by. If if uh, listeners would like to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? The best way is through LinkedIn. You know, I've got the app on my phone. And when people message me. Um, I, I respond right away, unless you're trying to sell something. I get a lot of that. Like, <laughs> we all do. And then those, then those, are those quirky ladies from China that keep wanting to connect with me there too. I delete those connection requests, but um, no, LinkedIn is the best way. So it's easy. Tom DeWitt, Michigan State, easy to find on LinkedIn. So we'd love to connect with people, talk to them more about the degree, the conference, being a part of the community. You know, I'm really proud of um, the collaborative too, the, the organizations we have. And so, uh, yeah, I would love to, always, always happy to talk to people about the industry and, 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 um, and, and, you know, remedying a lot of the issues that we've talked about. Right. Indeed. Well, thank you very much, Tom. We've appreciated you being on the podcast. <clears throat> And listeners, this has been another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast. I'm your host, Bob Asman. As always, if you've enjoyed this session, please share it with your networks and listen to all of the various podcasts of the CX of M radio network. Until our next episode, goodbye. This is CX of M radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, the founder of Innovative CX Solutions, a past chairperson of the CXPA, and a practitioner with many years of transforming global operations and designing better customer experiences. Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations.